0: Welcome to a special episode of the Historians Magazine podcast. I'm Katie, one of the managing editors of our Kids Version and ahead of Chelsea History Festival we are joined by author, classicist and art historian Anna Cargill-Martin. Hi Anna, it's great to be speaking to you. Hi. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me. Yeah I'm doing good, how are you? Good I'm good thank you it's a pleasure to have you on here today. So um, your talk at Chelsea History Festival is all about your new book on Messalina which focuses on the raucous life should we say of a woman (laughs) we should all know a lot more about. Can you give our listeners a quick intro into her life?
1: Yeah of course so Messalina is a Empress of Rome. She rules as the wife of Emperor Claudius between 41 and 48 AD, and during that period of time, she really builds this incredible political kind of base in the the court politics of um, the early Roman Empire. Um, she uses that to establish this incredibly um, kind of prominent position for herself. Um, a good kind of position for her children and she also protects it incredibly ruthlessly by essentially ousting any potential political enemies. She falls in these incredibly dramatic and very sort of mysterious circumstances in the autumn of 48 AD. She's accused of adultery and bigamy in this kind of outlandish, almost like staged performance, um, those charges are almost certainly trumped up and reflective, actually, of a sort of internal court coup. Um, but around that period and in the aftermath, there start to swirl these incredible rumours about, particularly about her, her sex life, um, about her promiscuity, but also, I suppose, about her sort of um, sexual kind of creativity, I guess, like there are these rumours that she... Um, sneaks out of the palace every night to go and work in a low-class brothel. There are rumours that she has a a 24-hour sex competition with the most notorious prostitute in Rome and wins with a total of 25. And I think these rumours have really shaped a lot of the um, kind of legacy of Messalina in the historical record and perhaps also clouded over some of her more um, political contributions.
0: Yes, definitely. It's really lovely to see the political side of her story coming through in your book, rather than the sexual side that tends to be mostly focused on by other authors. Yeah. So what made you want to write this book? Why do you think it's important for people to learn more about women like Messalina?
1: I think that's a really interesting question. I feel like there were like two kind of main things for me. I think firstly, Messalina, I think is a incredibly good and quite overlooked case study of Julio-Claudian politics. Um, The Julio-Claudians are Rome's first imperial dynasty. They're one of my absolute favorite periods of um, Roman history. This is the time when the sort of parameters, the rules of Roman imperial court politics are still being formulated, still being kind of created as they go. Um, And this is also the period from which we get a lot of those like very iconic stories of imperial misbehavior. Um, And I think Masalina is a really good case study of both those themes. Um, She's a good case study of how court politics is done and how that kind of innovation um, works in this period. And she's also a great case study of the creation and dissemination of these outlandish um, imperial rumours and kind of how they reflect, I suppose, the politics and also the the cultural anxieties of that era. Um, And then I think the second reason that I feel like this is an important story is because I think Messalina has been really she she's been done quite dirty by like the general like historical like scholarly um kind of uh, outlook on her so far and I think um, that's happened in a way that is quite classic for for women so I think she's basically people have seen this idea of her as being very sexual and that has completely, um, prevented them from also viewing her as like a serious and impactful political, um, leader and, and kind of political like personage in, in this period. And I think that that happens to so many women throughout history and perhaps even still now, this idea that like, if you are a woman and you're believed to be like a sexual being, people can't also take you seriously. And so I felt like I, I really, began to, the more I wrote the more I felt I suppose frustrated on Messina's behalf and the more that I wanted to give her back her own agency in this story.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah yeah and that's really lovely to see as well and I think the women of the Julia Claudian family do do that to a certain extent like obviously Agrippina the Younger is such a yeah. legend I would mind oh my God. Maybe similar but obviously I don't know how you would feel about that.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah.
0: So um a very smooth segue. <laughs> um, so our next edition is about the history of film and TV. So have you got a favourite historical film?
1: Yes. I mean, I should probably say, like, Gladiator or, like, something Roman, but it's not. It's, it would be Pride and Prejudice, like, for oh, sure. Good choice,
0: good choice. Of course. Which version, though? Which version?
1: <gasps> oh, well, the the film, the only one that's a film is the Keira Knighty one. But... I do have a soft spot for the BBC series. Honestly, I, I would take either.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Good choice. <laughs> and do you think um, that accuracy is important in historical films and TV shows or are you a bit more lenient with it?
1: I don't know. I'm honestly, I'm pretty chill about it, but I think the historical, I, I, I think like each production should like take a, a view on it. So I think either you go with, really trying to create a historically accurate world um and I think some of the some of the ancient series have have tried to do that um some I know some kind of medieval series have like worked really really hard at like building this incredibly like intricate accurate world but I think it's also completely legitimate to to take a more like fanciful approach to it like how Bridgeton does mm-hmm. and I think if you decide to take that approach you can play around as much as you want with casting and costumes and and music I think there's space for kind of both approaches I think I love both I think both are fun
0: yeah yeah no I agree I like the way it makes it a bit more accessible when you're not like,
1: yeah I th- the only thing that annoys me is when like everything is like incredibly accurate and then there's like one thing that is like so inaccurate and it's only annoying if it's a, a period you've studied but yes, it, yeah it, it can be it can be really annoying
0: Yes, I remember I went to see The Favourite, which is about Queen Anne. I love that. And I was like, is this true? Is this not? I just had no idea. So yeah. Yeah. It's based
1: on a really good book as well.
0: Lovely. So if there was a film or a new film, which actress would you want to uh, portray Messalina?
1: I love this question. Um, Okay, so I think Messalina has to... She, she's she got to have, like, some sort of sense of, like, charisma. She's got to be a bit sexy. She's also, I think, got to have a slight sense of, like, a little danger. Like, she does go in for quite a lot of political murder. So I think it, there's got to be, like, a slight capacity for, like, darkness as well. I would go for probably either Anna D'Armas, who played the Bond girl in the last bomb film. Okay. Or... um Maybe Cara Scott Scott-L- Lario? I don't know how you pronounce her name. She played Effie in Skins. Oh my gosh, yes, okay. I think she would also be good.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. So those would be my two picks, but I would be, I'd be very curious to see what kind of a casting director would go for. I think there are lots of different ways, directions you could go in. Mm, yeah,
0: definitely. I mean, it's, I'm assuming she's in I, Claudius, isn't she? Is she portrayed well? Yeah, or... she is, yeah. Um. Yeah. I love I Claudius. So fun. <laughs> okay, so would you recommend that to people if they want to know a bit more about her? Ah, <laughs> uh,
1: she gets she gets quite a she gets quite a bad deal in the I Claudius books. Um, but she's she's a fantastic character in the series. But um, I think in terms of uh, they 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 do lean into the kind of um, obviously like as you were they do lean into the whole kind of sexually depraved side of it
0: yeah of course (laughs) of course (laughs) (laughs) but she's a more complex
1: character i would say in i claudius than she is in a lot of other things which i think is nice to see
0: yeah okay so have you got a different favorite portrayal of her in another series or show
1: no i mean actually she hasn't cropped up that much in recent fiction i think she was she was much more prominent in she was really prominent in the renaissance um in kind of they had like this this real thing for like exemplars of good and bad women um and then she was really prominent again probably most of all um in kind of um the end of the 19th century in French literature and art um because it's it's this period that's kind of the decadent movement and they see Messalina, I suppose, as this kind of um, icon of like societal like decadence and uh, kind of debauchery, I suppose. And it's really interesting how they use her in like the art of that period. And I think there, there are some beautiful paintings and there were lots of like plays and operas and ballets and stuff like that, that were produced in that period as well um, about Messalina. Um, they planned to do a movie version of iClaudius as well with Marl Oberon um, as Messalina and I think she would have been fantastic
0: Mm -hmm. but
1: it never got made
0: Ah, it's like a famously
1: cast production oh
0: no so they have to redo it now clearly it's neat yeah (laughs) clearly obviously so um Yes so we're talking to you about your appearance at Chelsea History Festival and if you could co-host a talk with anyone from history at the festival who would it be and why? Obviously you're probably going to say (laughs) Messalina.
1: Yeah I think I would have to say Marcelina. I think that she would have some absolutely brilliant stories. She'd be really interesting on kind of Roman politics and all that stuff but I also think she'd be a very fun talk to attend
0: yeah definitely i'd like to hear her version of events like from her daughter. me
1: too honestly i would like to like go for drinks with her <laughs> yeah. i think she'd be like a good dinner party guest
0: well i think that's it from my side of things so thank you so oh fantastic
1: much. no thank you so much for having me
0: and of course looking forward to hearing more about chelsea history festival so how can people get tickets for it let the people know <laughs>
1: Um, So they can get tickets on the Chelsea History Festival website um, and that on kind of social media, Instagram, Twitter, things like that as well. So uh, you can find them on any of those platforms. So they can find me on, um, I've done quite a lot of podcasts about Marcelina now. Um, Obviously my book is out, it came out in May um, and I'm also on social media. I'm on Instagram and TikTok and things like that. So they can find me there. So, my handle on Instagram is HcargleMartin and my handle on TikTok is Ancient gal.
0: There we go. Lovely stuff. Thank you so much. No,
1: thank you so much for having me.
0: A pleasure. And thank you to everyone for listening to the Historians Magazine podcast. Um, tickets are still available to book for Honours Talk on the 27th of September at Chelsea Physic Garden. Chelsea History Festival aims to bring light to some of the most intriguing legends, historicals, and gems. See you can well Chelsea History Festival, and hopefully we'll see. You. Thank you again.